Okay. Last week, we started a new series called 21 Days of Feasting. All right, 21 Days of Feasting. Maybe you've heard of 21 Days of Fasting, and we're like, you know what, let's try something different. 21 Days of Feasting, that sounds a little bit more fun. I'd rather eat a lot of food than not eat any food. All right, uh, and, and I, I'm just, I'm excited this, and actually fasting and feasting, we talked about, they're two sides to the same coin. They both actually are a way of responding to God. All right, in the Old Testament, and still today to some extent, Jewish people celebrated specific festivals and feasts, and, and they did this as a way to remember certain things about God and their relationship with him. Last week, we made two points for us to walk away with, all right? In order to be grateful, we said the first point was, in order to be grateful, we have to remember the right things. We have to think back on our life. We have to remember the right things in our life. And then the second thing was, we have to respond the right way. Like, it's not enough just to remember the things that God's done for us. How do we respond to the way that God has provided for us, the way that God has done things for us, all right? Um, and, and gratitude is sort of like love. It is more than just a feeling. There is action that accompanies gratitude. And hopefully you were able to spend some time uh, remembering and responding this past week. Uh, we also gave out some very practical ways uh, for us to try and live this out. Okay, because for the three weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, we want to be filled with more gratitude and intentionality than maybe we ever have before in this season. So we had a checklist that challenged us to do different things. And we actually, we printed another nine or ten of these because uh, we, we basically ran out last week. So if you weren't here last week, you want one of those, uh, we will have those available. Talk with Pastor Aaron, talk with myself. Uh, but on this checklist, uh, we talked about different things that we wanted to do. We wanted to uh, start a gratitude journal in some type of way. We wanted to do a Bible reading plan uh, that was focused on gratitude. And so we had one listed on there. Uh, we wanted to be able to write down things that we were thankful for. Uh, on top of that, uh, we also wanted to take back, we, we phrase it this way, we want to take back the dinner table. We want to make it intentional. Too often we are running from one thing to the next to the next. All right, now understand you, you most likely are still going to have some crazy nights. Like this last week, our family, we tried to be more intentional with our dinner time. But there was one night where I am like throwing in leftovers for the boys. You know, you're microwaving a bunch of different things. Emily and Junie are gone on a ECFE field trip. And they're out at uh, Cornerstone Pines or something like that. And like that night, we just kind of were like, okay, tonight is not going to be a night where we sit around as a family and, and do all of these different things. It just isn't working. And that's okay. That's going to happen. But the challenge was, can you be more intentional can you be more grateful than what you normally are? So maybe you only have two or three meals together a week and, and you're going to be challenged to do four or five. Maybe you have seven, but you aren't actually real intentional with that time. So we had all these cards printed up. And on the cards, there's a prayer. You know, we don't do this often. We aren't liturgical. We don't have prayers that we always recite. But we wrote up some prayers that we want to recite at the beginning and the end of each mealtime just to center our minds and focus on this. And then we had these cards that had a specific question. And that question was, was something to just start conversation during our dinner time. Just to basically say, okay, let's not just sit here and sit on our phones or, or kind of let this time go by. Let's, let's focus on, on building some relationship. 
And so we have people that are journaling those, maybe talking on social media, maybe they're discussing it with their family at the table, uh, all different things. And then uh, we also said that we want to invite one or two other people or families to have dinner with us at some point in the next couple weeks here before Thanksgiving. Invite somebody over, have dinner with them, be intentional in that time, do the question, do the prayers, uh, just kind of focus with each other. And then lastly, the challenge was to take communion in your home. I would, I would venture to guess that for most of us in the room, the only time we've ever taken communion is when we're inside of a church. And we wanted to just challenge you and say, hey, this is not something that we have to do together as a church. This is not something that has to be led by a pastor. When we look at what Jesus says, it simply is, do this in remembrance of me. Remember what I've done for you. And if we're going to spend time this month remembering the right things, I think one of those absolutely should be remembering what Jesus did for us. So we did a very simple, informal communion at the end of last week just to kind of show, like, this doesn't have to be anything special. It doesn't have to be wine or grape juice or specific crackers. You know, kind of said, you know, there's a time that I did it with some youth kids, and it was Sprite and white cheddar popcorn. All right? It felt a little sacrilegious at first, but we sat there and we were like, hey, this is what you make it. Like, what, what, what does this mean to you right now? What are you remembering? What are you focusing on? It's not about the legalism of these little things. It's are we remembering Jesus. So hopefully you were able to do some or maybe even all of that this last week. Um, if you were not here, I want to challenge you, grab one of the checklists. If we run out of those, let us know. We'll print up more uh, and even just print it up today and get it to you. So, But we want to keep pressing in each weekend here uh, to go after God more and try and be more grateful. Uh, so let's just kind of begin today, prepare our hearts, our minds, and attitudes right now uh, that we are ready to hear from God, that we want more. So if you are willing, if you're able... Would you stand with me? As I, I want to just open us up in prayer here. Aaron, can I get my mic up just a little bit? I can feel me stressing my voice. God, right now, we just focus on you. Lord, and we just begin to remove the things out of our mind and out of our worries that, that are distracting us. And instead, can we just, we want to focus on you. Holy Spirit, would you just come? Would you, would you just fill this place, Lord? Fill our minds, fill our hearts so that we are ready to be challenged and we're ready to be changed, that we would not walk out of here the same person today. Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen. All right. What I want to do for us today, I want to look at three different spots in the Bible that show different ways of showing gratitude or almost, in a way, different levels of gratitude, all right? Uh, and so we're going to look at two in the Old Testament, and we're going to look at one in the New Testament. I heard a pastor kind of talk through uh, these and, and point these out one time, and I'm like, that, that's brilliant. I love that. Like, that is, I want to be able to kind of walk through these different things. And so I want to look at that today. And so the first one is actually going to be in Deuteronomy. So if you have a Bible and you want to turn there, you can. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. We are going to be in chapter 8, all right? Uh, if not, it's going to be on the screen. Don't worry about that. And, and this section that we are reading here is called, basically, like these subtitles, chapters, verses, all that was added in later. It's not something the original uh, writers put in there. But some, uh, a, a subsection that they've put here says this, a call to remember and obey. All right, that's, that sounds like a, the right thing for us, okay? Basically, our points from last week. So Moses here in Deuteronomy is giving this big speech and he's talking to the Israelites. 
And he says this. He says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years. All right, the Israelites have been traveling around the wilderness 40 years. He lists off the stuff that they should remember. That God had provided manna, this like bread from heaven for them. Uh, that basically over 40 years, their clothes did not wear out. All right, like that, that right there is a miracle in and of itself. Can you imagine 40 years, your clothes not wearing out? All right, uh, the, he said your feet, they didn't like blister and swell. That's amazing when you're walking in, in basically a desert for 40 years. But God is leading you to a new land that has all these amazing things. That's what Moses is saying here. And when you get to this new land and you have all these riches of this new land and you are living your comfortable life, praise God. That's what he says. He says, praise God. This is a dangerous time for you because you will have everything you need and it's easy to forget God when you don't have to depend on him. How many of you guys have found that true to be in your life? When you don't have to depend on God, when, God, it, when times are not hard, we are not necessarily running to uh, pray about everything in our life. So Moses is trying to get them to remember what God has done for them in the past. And then what he's trying to do is get them uh, almost to preemptively say, hey, this is coming. Remember to praise God for the blessings that he is going to be giving you here. So this is the first type of gratitude that we are looking at. It's a gratitude where we are thanking God for what he has done for us. We thank God for the blessings. So this is, I'm going to call this, this is thank you for type of gratitude. A thank you for type of gratitude. And it really is, it's the first step. It's where we all begin for gratitude. Thank you for what I have. Right, like as a child, at Christmas time, what do you tell the kids after they open the gift? Hey, go say thanks. All right, it's like, oh, thank you for the gift that you gave me. All right? Uh, if there's no gift that's given, there's no thanks that's given. And what's sad is even though this is the easiest type of gratitude, I think many of us still miss this. I know I miss this in my life at certain moments where God is doing things in my life and I forget to, to be grateful for that. We still fail to, to even realize what we've been given. It's like Moses was warning against, like when everything is good and you have all you need, don't forget to thank and praise God. So thank you for is focused on and it's about God's provision in your life. Okay? And really to accomplish this, we, we just need to remember the right things. Like this is where we started last week. Remember everything that you have. That can be hard to do. That's why we challenge you to do a gratitude journal. It's just one more way to make sure that we are grateful. All right, this is, this is the first and most basic type of gratitude that we're going to talk about today. The second, I'm going to go through these, I'm going to try and go through these quickly. The second place we are going uh, is going to be in the book of Psalms. Okay, so turn there if you have a Bible. It's right in the middle of a paper Bible. All right, go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a pretty famous psalm. All right, it's the psalm that starts off and it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Right, like this is probably one that you've heard before. It is such a great psalm. Uh, it is read in hard times and in good times. It's a beautiful picture of our relationship with God. But I want to focus on something halfway through the psalm. Okay, David writes this in verse 4. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Right, you've probably heard this verse before. David has just got done uh, speaking about who God is, how God provides for him, how he brings uh, him to these great safe areas in life. And then he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. David had just gone 
uh, gotten done speaking, uh, you know, all these different things. David knows that his life is not always going to be these mountaintop amazing moments where everything is filled with sunshine uh, and a cute little like quiet stream. You know, that's the, that's the visual we get at the beginning of the psalm. But he knows that's not everything in his life. And he says, when those t- tough times come, it isn't going to change my tune. I still praise God. I still trust God. I still thank God. This moves beyond a gratitude that says, thank you for your provision and the good things in life. This says, even when bad things come, despite all the troubles, I still give thanks to God. So this isn't a thank you for gratitude. This is a thank you even though gratitude. Thank you even though. And what is he giving thanks for in those moments? David says, for you are with me. For you are with me. And even though type of gratitude isn't about circumstances or provision, it's about God's presence in our life. Even though is about God's presence. You can see how this is another step beyond thank you for. All right, this says, I trust God no matter what is happening in my life. My circumstances don't determine my outlook on God. My praise isn't dependent on what is happening. My praise is dependent on who God is and who he is never changes. Therefore, my praise never changes. There's an old hymn that's titled, uh, It is Well with My Soul. And the first verse of the hymn kind of speaks directly to this idea, and it says this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Peace is with me, it is well. When sorrow's with me, it is well. Whatever is going on, it is well. And where this really is quite amazing is actually when you know the story behind this hymn. This hymn is written by someone named Horatio Spafford. Horatio was a successful lawyer, real estate investor in Chicago in the 1800s. Uh, he had his wife, had four daughters and one son. In 1871, they lost their four-year-old son to scarlet fever. And then a few months later, the Chicago fire rips through Chicago and destroys basically everything he has. All of his investments, all of his property, all of his holdings. So he's lost his son, he's lost his business, he's lost everything. Well, his family decides they want to visit Europe. Horatio gets held back by something with work and he says, okay, you guys go on, I'll be on the next ship behind you. And so his wife and his four daughters take off on the ship and as they're going out, their ship runs into another ship. And it sinks. And all four of his daughters drown. Only his wife makes it. She sends word to him about this. Can you, can you imagine, like in this moment, there's been moments in my life where I feel like I've lost everything. But it's nothing compared to this. And, and so Horatio gets on a ship and he starts going to catch up with his wife. And when the ship actually hits the spot in the ocean where his daughters had drowned, He sits down and he writes, it is well with my soul. He writes this hymn. When sorrows like sea billows roll. It's amazing. This is an even though type of gratitude. That's what this is. In the midst of some of the biggest pain you could ever imagine, Horatio says, even though I'm experiencing this awful tragedy, I... It is well with my soul. 
Do we have this type of gratitude in our lives? Even though I lost my job, I am thankful to God. Even though I lost a loved one, I am thankful for God's presence. Even though life has been incredibly difficult, thank you, God, that you never leave me. And I think as we grow closer to God, we realize that the only way we can make it through massive tragedies in our life is with his presence. There isn't anything else that can get us through those moments. And this is a difficult place to reach, but, but believe it or not, I, I think we see an example of even a harder type of gratitude in Scripture than this. All right, so we have thank you for, and that's about God's provision. We have thank you even though, and that's about God's presence. For the last one, we're going to go to the letter of Philippians. If you aren't familiar with the letter, uh, Paul wrote this to the church in Philippi. That's why it's called Philippians. And he was in jail as he writes this. All right, when, when we went through the book of Acts this summer, we saw that pretty much everywhere Paul went, he was getting beaten up and thrown in jail for preaching about Jesus. Well, one of those times that he's in jail, he writes this letter. And I want to read a, a little bit of a longer chunk here. Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 12, going to 18. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. Did you catch all that? Paul's in prison, and he writes a letter to say, because I am in prison... Because of prison, the gospel can move forward. This isn't even though I'm in prison, I will thank God. This is thank you because. Thank you because I'm in prison. This is a different level of gratitude. This requires us to see the bigger picture in our life. He says, because of my chains, the other believers have gained confidence. Because of these chains, I am able to preach to the palace guard. They know that I am in chains because of Jesus. So what this means is that when we have a because type of gratitude, this is focused on God's purpose in our life. There are moments when things will happen that are not what we want, things that are hard. And if we are able to take a step back, we can say, uh, what could possibly happen through this situation? How can God be glorified through this situation? Could there be some type of greater purpose to this entire situation? Now quickly, I, I want to say this. I think it's important for us. What I'm not saying is that every single terrible thing that has happened in your life is because God did that or because God wanted that to happen. This type of thinking can cause a lot of damage in moments of tragedy. If you lose a loved one and someone walks up and says, well, God just wanted to take them home. God had a different plan or there, there's a reason for everything that happens. Like now... There might be a reason that everything happens, but, like, but the, rest, the rest of that, I don't know. Like The reason that things happen is because of sin. We live in a fallen and broken world. If God's will happened every single moment, why would Jesus 
in his most famous prayer that he teaches the disciples and says, pray this way, why would he say, God, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven? Obviously on earth is not as it is in heaven. His will is not happening on earth as it does in heaven. That's why we pray about that. So there are moments where things happen, and I'm not saying that it's God's will that this loved one was taken from you. That can cause a lot of hurt and pain, and, and, and I, that's hard. What I am saying is this, that even when, even when Satan thinks that he's winning, even when he does something like that and, and things happen and sin is the cause of losing somebody, even in those moments, God can still actually take that tragedy, he can turn it around, he can redeem it, and he can use it for his glory, and he can make it have a purpose. That's what's amazing about our God. Is that in the midst of those moments that are, that are just awful, God can say, I see this. I'm there with you. I'm heartbroken with you. I'm walking with you through this. You know what? We can actually even turn this around and we can make something happen through this. That, that, it's what we see in the letter of Romans that Paul writes this. He says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God can take everything and he can make it work together for good. No matter what the situation is, God can redeem it and make it work for the good of those that love him. So even in the midst of a tragic situation, there can be a purpose that comes out of it. And we have this type of gratitude. It allows us to focus on the purpose that God can accomplish. And we are thankful because of what's happening, not just in spite of what's happening. If you were around a year ago, we did a series called Dangerous Prayers. And in that, we, we talked about this idea that so often we spend time uh, praying against like bad things happening in our life, right? And then that's, okay, that's where I'm at. That's, I, I pray against some of those things happening. But here's the thing, when we think about it, what times in our life do we grow the most? What times in our life do we actually like grow closest to God and, and grow and develop as a person and as a Christian? For me, at least, that happens in the difficult times, in the hard times. When everything's great and I'm comfortable, I, I don't really grow that much. I'm kind of just happy with how things are and the status quo. So what we said in that one is we said, do you realize we spend most of our time praying against our own personal growth? It's a weird way to look at it, but it's kind of true. What if we began to pray instead and say, God, I, I want your purpose in my life. I want to have something that I live for. I want to give my life uh, to you, to everything, everything for you. Whatever that takes. And if we have that type of attitude, then when, when tragedy strikes and when things happen, we look at them through a different lens and we say, okay, God, this is awful. And I'm going to grieve. I'm going to take these moments, I'm going to focus on this, and I'm going to do what I need to, to be emotionally healthy and, and to grieve through this situation. But I know that I have this hope in the back of my mind that no matter what this is, God, you can be glorified through this. God, you can give this a purpose. You can make something happen out of this situation. This past March, Sox Center Church had a missionary in, and... Uh, I'm not going to say her name. She's in an area that, uh, that we just can't really talk about that. But she was in and she was talking about this story of her and her husband. They served in the country of Turkey. And they were there and they were there for uh, a decade and they were just giving their life and, and, and they were getting to know people. They were building relationships and they were praying for people. People were even healed. 
But through all this time, over like a decade, not one person that they know of had actually said, I want to live for Jesus. Can you imagine that? Giving that much time of your life and, and seeing what you feel like is like nothing there. Well, then pretty soon the, the husband actually gets diagnosed with cancer. And in this time, everyone around them in Turkey, all the nationals, all their friends that they've, they've made there, they're like, you need to go home. You need to get to where doctors can take care of you. And they're praying about this. And, and all of a sudden they said, you know what? I feel like God told us we need to stay here. And this is the phrase, We're, I'm going to die out loud. Can you imagine making that decision? He says, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to die as basically everybody watches this. And this happens. They stay. He passes away at his funeral. They hand out a couple hundred Bibles. Um, and they begin to just kind of reach out to people. And in this moment, the wife, the people around them kind of take her in as like family because she's... She's there by herself now. And they take her in and say, hey, you are family with us. And they actually gave her uh, a, a bit of land to bury him, which is unheard of for a foreigner. So she buried him there. And then because of this, they bring her in and, and they start to just give her influence. They give her respect. They give her uh, control in a way that like no one else, no foreigner would ever have there. Also, they give her land and she builds a ministry center and all these things start taking off. And now there is a, a live dead, which is a, a group of missionaries, a live dead missions um, hub that is there, that is, that is substantial and it is healthy and is moving forward because of his death and what happened and the way that they did that. And we're going next fall to Turkey. And I can't wait to see how God is moving in Turkey. Can you imagine having that type of gratitude where it's because of this something can happen? God can redeem any tragedy. He can make all things work together. Now I think that as we focus on gratitude this month, we start with what we talked about last week. We remember the right things. We respond the right way. But then it's important that we take a step back and realize that, that maybe there are things that we should be remembering or things we should be thankful for that we're missing all right, And because of that, our, our gratitude might be a little stunted. And maybe we've never really moved beyond the idea of just thanking God for his provision. Thanking him for the stuff that we have. Can we move into a deeper sense of gratitude this month? Because right, if, if you're taking notes, here's kind of my one point for us today. Because I think that when we have the right outlook, every moment becomes an opportunity for gratefulness. Every moment becomes an opportunity for gratefulness. Not just the good moments, not when things are going great. Every single moment that we have, we are grateful for his presence. We are grateful for his purpose in our life. We are grateful for his provision. Everything we can be grateful for. Why don't we stand together? So we just kind of wrap this up. I think there's moments in our life where it's easy to think that when stuff is going right in our life, that must mean that we are, we are following God in the right way. And then when things start to go wrong, maybe it's because I'm not following God the way I'm supposed to. Is that ever a thought that you've kind of had in your life? Or, I know I've met Christians that that's kind of the way that they think about things. Like, oh, 
I don't have God's favor and blessing in my life. Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. And when I was in Duluth, uh, Duluth has an Air Force base. And so when I was on staff at a church there pastoring, we had uh, a, a chaplain from the Air Force that was in our church. And I remember talking with her once and she said, you know, bomber pilots have this saying that they, that they say. And it was simply, you know you're over the target when you're receiving the most flack. Like, think about that. You know you're right where you're supposed to be. Your mission, what you're supposed to be doing when you are getting attacked the most. Right? Like, if you're a bomber pilot, they aren't necessarily shooting at your plane when you're still, you know, two, three miles away. It's right when you get to that spot, they're trying with everything they have to bring them down. So realize, as a Christian, if you are receiving flack in your life, if Satan is attacking you, if you just feel like, I don't know what's going on, but everything's falling apart. Maybe, maybe you've walked away from God and, and there's just some stupid decisions that you have some natural consequences that you're paying for. That happens in our lives. But let's not immediately assume that. Maybe, maybe that's happening because you're right where you're supposed to be. Right, if you're out in left field playing with the daisies, like, why would Satan care? I don't need to worry about them. They're out there. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing anyways. They're just kind of hanging out, doing their own thing. This walk with Jesus is kind of an extra for them. They fit it in when they have time. I don't need to worry about them. But when you're right where you're supposed to be, when you're giving it your all and you're saying, Jesus, I am, I am pursuing you with everything that I have. I am listening for your voice. I want everything in my life to be for your purpose. That's when you start to get attacked. I want to just pray over us as we close here. But I want you right now just to take a few moments as I'm praying. Think about your life. Think about maybe where you are when it comes to gratefulness. You know, are we kind of at that spot where we sit around the Thanksgiving table and just say what, you know, list one thing I'm thankful for? Or can our gratitude actually move beyond that and move into an area where we say, yeah, I'm thankful for what God has done. That's, I'm not diminishing that. We should be thankful for those things. But you know what? I'm thankful even though this is going on in my life. I'm still thankful because God's with me and I have his presence. And you know what? This thing over here, I'm thankful actually because that happened. Because I believe God's going to do something through that. His purpose is going to be made known. There's going to be something that happens. He's going to be glorified. God, we pray right now, Lord, that if we, if we have struggled to be grateful for, for the things in our life, Lord, I pray that we would just kind of, we'd feel that right now. God, not in this like guilt and shame type of way, but Lord, just in a little bit of a conviction of, of wow, maybe, maybe I'm a little stunted, more stunted than I thought in my gratitude. Maybe I need to rethink parts of my life. Maybe there's things that I've been upset about and God, why did you allow that to happen for, you know, we've been thinking about that for years, but instead, God, we need to change our attitude and say, okay, God, what was it that you... Well, how can you redeem that? What can you do through that situation? What can I do now that I couldn't have done before that? 
How can I be used differently? God, I pray for those that are, are struggling in the holiday seasons here. Lord, they've experienced a deep tragedy. And they're coming into Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and they're just, they don't know how they're gonna make it through. Every little thing reminds them of something. God, in these moments, I pray that your presence would be so much bigger. God, that we'd be able to be grateful for your presence. Lord, we just ask that you would use us. Use us this week, use us today for your purpose. God, we ask that in your name. Holy Spirit, fill us, use us this week. Amen.